Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be doing a look into life insurance. And I know that may not sound fun or exciting or entertaining, but please do not turn off this episode because this is so important, especially when it comes to your family and your family's needs. So let's dive into it. I wanted to just start this episode off with a story. Um, I've been doing a a lot of training for a, a bike ride that I'm going to be doing here in a couple of weeks. I'm doing a ride from Lansing all the way up to Mackinac in a series of four days. So I've been trying to do a lot of training for that, biking as many miles as I can, when I can, uh, just trying to fit that in around having kids and being a good husband and, and father and trying to grow this business as well. So I haven't been training as much as I should have, but I was out on a ride the other day and I was kind of a little bit more than midway through the ride and I was coming up to a pretty popular country intersection, but it's not as busy as like maybe a, a highway or something like that, but I've, I'm familiar with it. I've driven it as the back way to one of our offices and I was coming up to the, the four-way stop and I was kind of coming in at the same time as another truck was. And he kind of was starting to wave me through, just letting me know, hey, you're good. Just go by and then I'll pass you. And I had put on kind of my hand signal of where I was going to let him know I was going left. He was going to kind of trail behind me and pass me. But before I did that, I turned and looked. And luckily I did because someone blew the stop sign and almost hit me. And at that moment, all I felt was, you idiot, you moron, you know, that kind of thing. And then I just kind of went on my way with my bike ride. And then eventually that car that had passed me through, he kind of caught up and was just like, holy smokes, dude, that's like why I stopped biking. That was really close. That was just not a good situation. Then it just started to hit me like that could have been it. That could have been, you know, the last time that they would have, my kids would have saw me, last time my wife would have saw me. It just made me think as I was finishing up that ride, do I have all my ducks in a row? Do I have enough life insurance? Do I have the estate plan that I needed? Do I, have I had those conversations with my wife on kind of the future if, if I wasn't here? And it kind of started to really disturb me on my way home. I actually cut my route a little bit short. I took about a mile or two off just to go home a little bit earlier. And I was kind of eating dinner and I was telling Nicole kind of what happened. And, you know, she was a little shocked and worried and knowing that I got to keep training for this race or for this ride. Um, but it just made me think, especially because I think all the time about this podcast and the ways that I can bring content to you and bring information to you in really cool ways that it's not only entertaining, but also informative. But it made me think, okay, I was going to do this episode in October when it's life insurance month and it's an easy topic to kind of talk about for me. But then it just kind of was like, no, God laid it on my heart. Like, no, you got to do this now. And so if this is something that's going to hit home for you too, I hope you, you know, feel free to reach out to me or any other kind of life insurance specialist to kind of get this going because it is so important. And luckily, this is something I tackled really, really early on in my life. 
and it was even right before I even got married that I tackled life insurance and made sure I had that coverage in place. But as I go on and I, that insurance need in, continues to increase, that's something that I need to continue to relook at uh, as an advisor and as an agent, and then also just as a father and a husband. So that kind of brings me to my next point is who who needs life insurance? And I think a lot of the answers of that is is pretty obvious. If you have kids, if someone's financially dependent on you, like your spouse or something like that, but there's a lot of other reasons to, to need life insurance. If your parents are financially dependent on you, if you're living with your parents or their parents are living with you, uh, whether that's your grandparents and you're being a caregiver for them so they're physically needing you, uh, whether that's meals or for help around the house, whatever that might be, that might be a reason for life insurance. If someone depends on you in your business, uh, you're a business partner, you're a someone's in your business that's really important, they're a key person, that, those are all reasons for needing life insurance. Uh, but the big ones is you have dependents, so you have kids, and then people are financially dependent on you, whether that's your spouse, your kids, family, friends, whoever that might be. So if anybody's dependent on you, you need to start looking into life insurance, especially if you do not have any coverage currently. This would also include anybody, if you've got debts or loans or outstanding debts that could potentially get passed to somebody. Do you have loans that your parents or your grandparents or your friends or family co-sign for you? Those are times to need life insurance as well because that debt would then just get passed to somebody. Now, that's not always the case. There are certain types of debts that have limits to if it's going to the survivor or not. But if you've got these outstanding debts, that's another reason to have life insurance as well. And so there's kind of some different ways to calculate how much life insurance coverage you need. And almost every time I talk to somebody, they have this calculation wrong. And usually they just say, hey, I just looked at whatever my mortgage was and that's how much life insurance you know I have. Or, hey, my employer does one times my income or is equal to one year's salary or two years salary. But often and almost every time that is not enough coverage. And Usually what I do is I go through what's called a Freed's analysis. And I'll kind of walk you through that so that way you can understand how much coverage you're going to need when it comes to yourself and your family. And the Freed's is an acronym. And the F stands for final expenses. The R stands for readjustment fund. One of the E's is emergency fund. The other E is education fund. D is for debt. And S is for special needs or requests. And then on top of the freeze analysis is also a replacement of income. But I'll go through the acronym first. So final expenses, this would be your burial costs, your taxes, legal fees, medical bills. Usually this is in the range, especially right now, of fifteen to 20000 And that's kind of more on the high end. So just making sure that you cover that uh, right off the bat. So that's kind of a $20,000 mark for the final expenses. The next one is the readjustment fund. This is a month or more of the survivor's income. So if I was to pass today, this is what Nicole would need or my spouse would need as a month or two months of their income. And the reason for this is it gives that person some time to mourn where they feel like they don't have to go to work next week to make sure that they pay the bills. This allows them to say, hey, 
I don't have to go back to work. I have this income that's coming in. It's going to replace my income for a bit. Uh, so I don't have to go back and I can mourn uh, the passing of my spouse. An emergency fund, especially if you don't have this set up already, this again is six to 12 months of household operating costs. So if you've gone through the budget, if you, especially if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I'm huge on this, but this allows you to fully fund your emergency fund. So if you've only got three months, this allows you to get to the six-month mark or even 12 months. The other E is the education fund. So this is kind of determined by a separate analysis based on you know your goal. This would be just making sure that you want to set aside funds for your child's education. And this is different from every client. Some clients don't want to put anything in there. Some clients want to fully fund their education and be able to pay for it. Some want to pay for 50%. You know, the, the determination on that is completely different from client to client, but it is a big thing to think about when you're looking at life insurance. The next part of the Freed's analysis is debt. And this one's kind of an easy one that most people will hit on first, but this is all loans. So if you've got uh, a mortgage, credit cards, uh, car loans, anything that would basically be taking away from your cash flow from week to week or month to month, making sure that you're paying off all those debts at that at particular time. And this could potentially be each other's student loans. You know, most likely your, your student loans are going to basically go away upon your passing. But if your spouse had taken out student loans for themselves, well, that might be a, a time for them to be able to pay those loans off because cash flow, that opens some things up for them. The last one for the part of the freeze analysis is special needs or request. So, this could be you have a particular goal of buying a rental property or you wanted to go on a vacation or you wanted to set up a special needs trust or something like that for your kids. These are all kind of some things to just think about. It's just kind of an open-ended spot where you can say, hey, I want you know these funds to go. I want some funds to go to you know, my college or my alma mater, or this goes to a foundation, you know, the need, the special needs and requests there are kind of endless. Um, but sometimes that's just a zero for, for most young people. Now that gives you your freeds and that gives you your total. And then you got to figure out what your total net worth is. And this is excluding retirement funds. A lot of people will include their retirement funds Guys, you are young. You're not supposed to get into those until you're 59 and a half. So making sure that you are looking at your net worth, and that could be, you know, cash in your checking and savings accounts. This could be, you know, maybe if you've got like taxable investments. So this is something that you can get at pre-retirement. This could be potentially your house. I try not to put that one in there. But you just take yeah, that freeds total and that need minus your net worth. And then also what you're looking at is your annual income. And you're looking at the annual income that you're buying life insurance for. Then once you get that number, you can multiply it by how many years you'll, your dependents will need that income, whether that's your spouse, your kids. And there's kind of a multiplier dependent on how long that period is. So let's say for 10 years, that multiplier is 8.8, 15 is 12.4, 20 is 15.4, 25 is 18.1, and for 30 years, that is 20.4.
So basically, you take your annual income, multiply it by that multiplier, and that will tell you how much money you should have to supplement that income that you're replacing. And then once you have both of those numbers, you have that Freed's total minus your net worth plus your multiplier of your annual income. You add those together, and that gives you your total life insurance need. Now, if that sounds really overwhelming, that's okay. That's something that I or some type of life insurance specialist is going to help you figure out, but that gives you at least you know, something to go on to figure out, okay, if I got to calculate what my life insurance need is, that will definitely help you get there. And if you wanted to calculate this and just want something, I've got a little Excel sheet that I'll send you, and basically you can go through and figure that out um, to figure out how much life insurance you'll need. A common one, though, is a lot of people will say, especially if you listen to Dave Ramsey or if you've maybe heard this before, it's 10 to 20 times your income. And a lot of times people will just go right in the middle and say 15 times your annual income. Well, again, that depends on how long your dependents are going to be needing that income. If you've got really young children, like myself, I got a baby on the way, well, I'm going to need replacement income for a number of years. That's not just, oh, my kids are 8 or 10 I just got to get them through the next couple of years. No, I got a long time where they're going to need that replacement of income. But just looking at it in in simple terms, you can do a 15 times your annual income, and that gives you at least a ballpark or a simple place to start. Now, once you've figured out how much life insurance you'll need, you'll need to look at what type of insurance you're going to need. And there's typically two main categories that you can fall into. And you have term insurance, and then you have what's called permanent insurance. I'll just go into permanent real quick, just because I'm going to kind of eliminate it right away. Permanent insurance is basically right in the name. You intend to have this life insurance for the rest of your life. It's permanent. And often you're paying a whole lot more because I can't guarantee too much as, a, as, a, as an advisor, but I can guarantee it's going to pay out. It has to pay out upon your death. And right now with medical technology, no one is exempt from this. You are going to pass away. So this is making sure that there's going to be a life insurance uh, benefit to you. But to me, you're using insurance for the insurance purposes, right? You're transferring risk that you cannot financially take on yourself. So that's when you look to insurance companies to take away for those big risks. The ones that really come to mind, especially right away, is is something like homeowner's insurance. If your house burnt down today, chances are you don't have the money sitting in the bank to be able to cover that that coverage or that cost. Same thing with maybe your cars. If you had a really nice car or newer car, chances are you don't have, you know, 40, 50 grand sitting in your in your bank account ready to just replace that. So it makes sense to put insurance on it. We're not talking about putting insurance on, you know, that purchase that you made at Walmart and it's going to be $15 coverage for two years. No, we're talking about something that's going to be there for your entire life. Now, the way I like to use insurance, and I was just kind of hinting at this, is is only covering you for a time period. And usually that time period is when your life insurance need is at its highest. Again, I kind of talked about this at the beginning. If you're a parent you have dependents, someone's financially dependent on you, basically your spouse, your kids, this is a time to to use what's called term insurance. Term insurance is not a permanent product, and 
it, you're only really getting coverage for a specific term. And these terms are anywhere from like 10 years to 35 years. And, and the premium is dependent on how long that term is. So if you have a 10-year term, your insurance is going to be much cheaper because they're only covering you for a 10-year term. Where a 35-year term, they're taking on a whole lot more risk to cover you for a longer period. So in turn, they want more premium for it. But I use term because you're able to get a whole lot more coverage based on that insurance product compared to if you went the permanent route. And oftentimes the permanent route, especially if you're looking at the same amount of death benefit coverage, you're looking at anywhere between two to maybe four to five times the premium amount that a term policy would be. So especially as a, as a younger person where you've got a lot of bills, you've got debts you're trying to pay off, you're trying to build wealth, you've got your incomes just being spliced into a million different pieces, well, usually you're on a budget. And so a term allows you to not only get the coverage you need, but it's at an affordable cost. So once you've kind of made the determination that term is right for you, there's a lot of different ways that you can go about it. You can go to your PNC agent. You can go to a life insurance specialist. You can go to a financial advisor. My recommendation for most people is to at least go to someone who's independent. And the reason for that is because they can shop different carriers based on you and your health. For example, we had somebody that came to us. They were, I would say, addicted to tobacco, um, chewing tobacco. Now, they occasionally used it, but or at least that's what they told us, but they weren't necessarily smoking a pack or two packs a day of cigarettes. So what we were able to do is look at some different insurance companies that actually said, hey, we don't view chewing tobacco as an actual tobacco use or as a smoker. So they were able to get them a much better health rating and a better price, even though they did use chewing tobacco, where another company would say, hey, all tobacco is kind of in one category. So we were able to get them a much uh, better price for the coverage that they were looking for. So that's one thing is being able to shop different carriers and not just being able to say, hey, this is my only insurance company. Hope you, hope you get the coverage you want. Now, once you look at not only the different carriers, but you can also look at some different riders. And what that means is you can basically attach uh, another piece of insurance on top of the life insurance. And a common rider that most people add is what's called a waiver of premium. Basically, what this means is that if you were to become disabled and you couldn't really afford to maybe pay the life insurance costs, as long as you qualified for the disability, they will make the premium payment for you. So this will keep your life insurance intact, even though you are disabled and you can't afford the payment. Another one would be what's called a child rider. And basically you can add in, you know, coverage on your, your child or your children. And this is something that I looked into, especially because if you've been following me or you know me personally, my son was born with a heart condition. So I wanted to look at some different coverages that were able to cover Isaiah and a lot of insurance companies would go in and do some kind of underwriting for a child. While well, I was able to find one insurance company that didn't do any underwriting on a child and were just accepting any child regardless of health. So I maybe paid a little bit more premium to be with that company than I would to go to somewhere else to cover myself or Nicole, but I was able to cover Isaiah and that was really important to me. 
Another thing that you can do, and I don't typically recommend this, but you can also add an additional uh, spousal rider. So you can cover them as well in your policy. Now, I usually don't recommend this just because if, God forbid, you guys ever got divorced or split, then that makes the the policy a little bit money. Then you got to try and split the policy, and oftentimes you're just getting rid of them on a rider. They're not able to get new life insurance, or they'll have to apply for a new life insurance policy. So typically, I just recommend if you're kind of just going the life insurance route and trying to figure out how much you need and what policies you need, just get separate policies even though it might be a little bit cheaper to combine those. One of the other advantages that I like on term insurance over like a permanent policy is that it's really easy to stack coverage. And most people need, their insurance need looks kind of like a bell graph. If you don't know what that is or aren't familiar, it's think of like the shape of a bell and that's your insurance need over your lifetime. You're always going to need some kind of life insurance need, you know, parent you know, doing burial expense, maybe some kind of replacement for your spouse or your parents or something like that. And then as you get older and as you get dependents and debts and all that, you're starting to increase that insurance need. Well, eventually, as you're building wealth and and building assets, that insurance need will start to come down. Maybe your kids are graduating, they're getting out of the house, you know, that insurance need is going down. But at the same time, you're also building wealth. So you're insurance need is continuing to decrease. And then once you get into retirement and all that kind of stuff, then it's just a question of do you want some kind of a permanent policy in place as well. The reason I mention that is because you can stack life insurance to go along with your life insurance need. So for me, what I did very, very early on is I bought what's called a 35-year term policy. And I bought this back when I was 24. So that actually put me to retirement age, 59 or 59 and a half. And so that allows me then to have coverage for the next 35 years. But if I need more insurance coverage, then I can add more policies on top of that. And then usually those policies are maybe a lesser time period. Maybe I add a 10-year, 15-year, 20-year term that will just be there when I need insurance coverage the most and I need it at the highest dollar amount. So if my insurance need is, let's say, a million dollars today and I have that coverage for a long period of time that puts me all the way out to retirement, but as I get older and as I have more and more kids and my income increases and they're financially dependent on that, then I can add maybe another policy. So let's say my need goes up to $1.5 million then I can add maybe another half a million dollar term policy. And because it's only for a very small period of time or a smaller period of time, that premium will be less. Now, the problem that you will run into is potentially you're um, uninsurable. If something happened to your health or something happened there, or you've gained weight, you've got the dad bod, whatever that might be, that might be a reason that you can't get additional insurance. But Oftentimes, as long as you're in decent health, you can get some kind of term insurance policy. One advantage that I would say even above the permanent too is once you get a term policy, most insurance coverages will allow you to convert that to a permanent policy at some point in time. So if you're kind of like, I don't know what I should do, you know, I'm at this point and I, some guy told me I should need permanent policy, 
well, you're not going to necessarily build cash value while you're putting in the premiums. But if you decide you need a permanent policy later on down the road for whatever reason, then you can convert it usually before age 65 or before the end of the term. So that's something to think about for most people. If they're worried about that, that is an option. And at that point in time, you do not have to show insurability. Even though you might have cancer, you might have gained excessive amount of weight, whatever the you know the story is, you can still convert it. Uh, and it's at your original health class. So again, if you got this when you were really young, for me, it was almost right out of college. I was still in great shape and, and, and running all the time. And so I got this super preferred class and it allowed me to get a great amount of coverage. And that health class will stay with me for the rest of that term policy. Now, one thing you want to do is just avoid the roadblocks that you're going to kind of run into. And the big one is just procrastinating. Oh, I need to do it. Yada, yada, yada. Well, going back to my story at the beginning, that could have been it snap of a finger, something happened, worst case scenario. And if I was procrastinating, I meant to go do it or I meant to go do it in the next year, well, it was too late. Um, another one is just not being educated, you know, on how much life insurance you need. A big one is just getting life insurance through your work. The problem with that is that's not permanent, right? Your your job is not guaranteed for the rest of your life. If something happened to that job or they changed their benefits, that could potentially be an employee benefit that goes away. And if you have to switch jobs, which again, this is every five to seven years, the average millennial is jumping jobs, you could potentially lose that coverage jumping for the next job or have a break in your coverage. So it's really important to buy outside of your employer or supplement your employer's insurance coverage. And then another thing is people are worried about the underwriting that you have to go through. And if this is something that you're worried about, again, talk to an agent, talk to an advisor about your worries on that. We may know an insurance company that either will benefit you and in, in your health and what you're going through, or they have what's called simplified underwriting. Um, which is maybe a little bit more in cost than if you went fully through an underwriting process and went through a health exam and all that. But as long as you don't have maybe the big ones, heart disease, cancer, that kind of thing, then you can potentially get right through and not have to do any kind of health exam. Now, if you go to the doctor regularly or do your annual visit and then you pass with flying colors and your blood work looks great, your BMI isn't out of whack, then that might be a great time to apply for life insurance because they can go back and look at your health records and your what's called your MIB and just look at what your health class is currently. And they might not even issue some kind of underwriting. It might issue right on the spot. So that's something to really think about. But the biggest roadblock that people run into, they overestimate the cost of life insurance. So they think they can't afford it. And 50% of millennials believe that the estimated yearly cost of a $250,000 term policy for a healthy 30-year-old was $1,000 more when it actually cost closer to $160 for a year. And this was a study done by LIMRA, which is the Life Insurance Awareness Month program back in 2020. And just to kind of give you an example, I just ran kind of one of our insurance carriers. And again, this completely differs, differs depending on carrier and how much you're looking for. But if you're a 30-year-old female and you're just a standard person, you know, standard BMI, all that kind of stuff, and you're looking for a $500,000 term policy, 
a 20-year term is $345 or $29 a month. So not nothing crazy, especially if you do pay monthly, that can definitely be broken down. And if you are in above average health and you're what's in our super preferred category, that falls to $210 annually or $17.75 a month. If you increase that to a 30-year term, that's just shy of $300 a year at $295 or let's just call it $25 a month for half a million dollars worth of coverage. And again, you can ladder these as you get older, as your insurance need increases. And if you just went even to a 10-year term, it's 200 bucks a year or $17 a month. So don't overestimate how much life insurance is. It's likely that you're spending more on coffee each week than what it would cost in a month to, to pay for this life insurance coverage for you. Now, if this is something you're interested in and you just need a kick in the butt to get started, please reach out to me. Our number here at the office is 269-978-6000, and it doesn't cost anything to get any kind of quote or to go through the life insurance process. The only time you're getting charged is when you buy the policy. So if this is something you're interested in, please reach out to uh, myself at the office. I'd love to help you out. All right. Have a nice week, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowsman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCUA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.